0: I never knew that Adam Silver of the NBA and Nate Silver of Five Thirty Eight are actually related. <laughs> is is that so? It totally is true. Look it up.
1: Wait, really? hmm I thought this was one of your witty, witty opening remarks.
0: No, no, they totally are. Because like I I looked it up when Claire brought it the relation or the, the name similarity up on this week's five thirty elections podcast. Or say politics <laughs> podcast elections makes it seems like the past year hasn't happened. <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Huh.
1: What's what's their relation?
0: Uh, they're people on the internet. Ha, I tricked you. All right. Can, we're still
1: cutting all this out. We're,
0: we're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get so that, that worked in particular because I haven't listened to the 538 um <laughs> podcast this week.
0: You're uh, slouching. Oh all man, right.
1: the pod the podcast is it's a real
0: thing. Again, again refinance, get re- get Go into bankruptcy protection on some of the terror on the troubled assets that you have, namely all this video <laughs> game shit. Nope. Anyway, we'll we'll get to. There's two things in that sentence that we need to talk about, and and we'll 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 get to that soon in in okay. due time. All right. So then, option two, <laughs> the other part is, um, this this is a question I'm going to ask, and and I want to promise you that I'm not one of those people that asks a question just so that they can like wait 30 seconds to give their answer, but I I do genuinely want to know what you think. Do you like watching live performances of uh, musicians you like? I
1: more often than not leave the performance feeling disappointed. Okay, I, 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 I'm one that the the sound of live music just usually just I don't know just usually doesn't do it for me. What in order for me to really enjoy a live show, there has to be more to it. Like you'll you'll really you'll you'll enjoy this quite a bit. So we we saw Taylor Swift a couple of years ago,
0: 1938 world tour, hell yeah.
1: Uh, uh-huh. And I mean she just put on a phenomenal show. Like it was it was a it was an overall really good performance. Mhm. Mhm. But, you know, just like the it, just focusing on the musical aspect of it, I'm I'm not somebody who who
0: enjoys live music a ton. Well, so let me, let me, sorry, let me re-ask, let me reframe the question. What I mean is, like, so not including the, because de- no, like, I totally agree with the, with your point, and, and same reason why I don't really like concerts, not for, like, a billion other reasons of, like, I just, I don't like being, like, the being next to 10,000 people that enjoy the same music as me is not a, a plus for me. Um, but I'm going to talk about, like, the audio quality loss or the, like the fact that like you could ha- have a better experience elsewhere. I mean specifically like even if you're just like watching on YouTube or something. Like do you and let's say the audio quality is perfect for most musicians do you want to watch them or are you somebody like and cuz I guess I'll give my answer which is I prefer to not like I I prefer to just like I don't know it's it's a different experience and like listening in my head to somebody is totally different than watching the way they move, or the way they like, uh, choose to like perform a ep- uh, like a song. Is this sort of like
1: looking up a picture of a, a podcast host mm-hmm. after years of listening to their show? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah that that makes that makes sense to me.
0: No, same thing. Like 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 if, uh you listen to Planet Money, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if like sometimes I'll <laughs> accidentally just like Google what the people look like, and it's just like. I just don't need to know. Like, if your medium is mainly auditory or, or like an audio format, like, I just kind of, I don't know. It feels like that changes the relationship a little bit. I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't like, just why, like, I don't think anybody should ever go to our website and, and ever look up a picture of what we look like. Because it's going to disappoint you. Oh, it, it most definitely will. Or not yeah. even disappoint. It's just going to, you're going to be like, yeah, this is weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. it's two nerds they, they look like yeah <laughs> definite hashtag coastal elites uh-huh yeah um yeah <laughs> okay uh do you have anything before we jump into follow-up because we got a pack show today
1: we got a pack show let, let's get into it
0: okay do you have any follow-up or do you want me to jump in I, I would like you to jump right in okay well, let me see I'm,
1: I'm exhausted from having to to lead the shows the last two weeks that's <clears throat> it's too it's too much for me I, I need you to need you to show me the way I
0: do appreciate the fact that I I phoned it in and was too busy with other stuff that I made that that makes it seem like I delegated responsibility. <laughs> uh, that's what un, that's what, just FYI, That's what unprepared managers do all the time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: let's let's come back to that. <laughs> we'll circle back. Uh-huh. All right. So here's a picture that I've sent you. Pretty great. Okay. It's it's now my iPhone wallpaper because this this is such a good dog, but it. It was shot on an iPhone Seven Plus, yeah, with with portrait mode. And here's the thing: this is, I am on board the portrait mode train, officially because of this photo. Because mm-hmm. artistically, like it's it's not bad. Like it, it's it's not overdone. And one of the problems with portrait mode is that a lot of times, like whatever algorithms Apple has, like they get it wrong, or like it'll just go, like super extreme, on the fake blurring effect. But sometimes it's really nice. So yeah, and you, know, I think, I think I had some negative
1: things to say about the portrait lighting effect a couple of weeks ago on the the ladies, uh, lady friends iPhone eight plus. Um, but we used that again this last weekend in better lighting conditions, and it it's pretty great. I mean, you have to be you have to be kind of in a certain type of setting for it to work well, but. And which is kind of similar to the bokeh effect as well. But when it does work, it works really well.
0: Quick question: Is portrait lighting exclusive to the eight?
1: Yes. They, I thought they're... it was just a software thing. No, there was a. Um, I, they might have been on upgrade, or it was some podcast with that where it the the claim, the fake news claim, was made that it was backported to the iPhone seven, and that is that is not the case.
0: Who reported it? Can we get their license revoked? <laughs> uh,
1: we'll have to we'll have to work on that. People should look into this. But yeah, the FCC will get back to us in six days.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Just really look into that. Um. So yeah, this is a pretty great dog. She looks like she's. Please put it in the show notes. It looks like she's contemplating every decision, every ball she's ever <laughs> tried to catch. Um, just wants to know kind of yeah what yeah. it all means. All, already in the notes. And spoiler alert, dog. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um uh other follow-up um sonos one is is it out or were there just reviewed units sent out but basically there have been a, a, like the initial wave of reviews of the sonos one which is the kind of entry-ish level uh version of the sonos speaker that has the alexa or the, the amazon echo integration and reviews are very widely widely positive and it seems like again i know it's not a direct home pod competitor but kind of again another re- like another just question mark in the barrel of why does the hump pod exist
1: so the some some real-time follow-up this this is available now it's available if you if i ordered it on amazon i could get it tomorrow um and yeah the the review the reviews have been been really really positive i mean it, it it's kind of exactly like what you would think it would be where you get the best of the echo and the fact that it has the lady in a can integration and you kind of fill in probably that product's biggest gap, which is audio quality. And you can do so for, well, I mean, I guess you can get an Echo now for $100. So the price difference is a little bit more than it used to be. But if you consider the original price of the Echo was, I think, what, $179? Yeah, this is basically $20 more, and you get what, by all accounts, is a is a pretty good speaker, too. Wait, so how much is how much
0: is the... Echo Plus, what's what's the highest end? That one's one hundred and fifty now, right? That one I think is we can do some some real time follow up
1: with that too. I think that's so yeah, so one hundred and fifty. Okay, yeah, but I mean that's you know that's got the kind of the Home Hub stuff built in, which this the Sonos One doesn't. So not a not a direct comparison there, but
0: you are more um, laid. <laughs> you're you're less insane than I am, so would you trust the Echo Plus, And I'm not saying like from a privacy perspective, but like to be your Hue Light Bridge, because I, I appreciate that it's integrated. But if you were buying this, would you probably still use the bridge? I see. I I guess I feel like
1: after months of tinkering, I finally have my smart home set up kind of in a good place. And I feel like even if I look at it weird, it's going to just completely break. So so no, I, I wouldn't really trust moving everything over to something like the Echo Plus. But I guess it's not specific to that device. I just have everything set up the way I want it to and don't want it to, to break.
0: Well, on the Plus side, now that you're uh-huh. Canary Freeman. See, I see what you did. Nice. I I don't know what you're talking about. And I can't tell if you're trying to do an endorsement for Walgreens' house brand of stuff.
1: Oh no, that's um, I you. I would say it much more excitedly. You know, something like nice.
0: But what I was going to say is that uh, on the plus side, in terms of the looking at it wrong thing, uh at least between like the hours of 11 and 6 a.m., your canary won't bother. um So you can't look at it wrong during that time. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Boom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I think that's it for follow up. If you don't have anything.
1: I'm um, trying to look through the the topics here to see if anything I have falls into the um the follow-up category. I mean, the Apple TV stuff is sort of follow-up-ish. In, okay, so in
0: that case, we will use this as an opportunity to pivot to that. Okay. So, I want you to explain a lot of things to me, because it, the Wall Street Journal reported some... I think there were actually multiple rumors this week related to uh, an Apple original video... Apple's ambitions in uh, original long-form video content that is something beyond um, the jokey Planet of the Apps thing, which Apple was allegedly like half-serious about, but every, but apparently now that everybody hates it, they're like, uh-huh, we, we, it wasn't serious. Um, and then there was that carpool karaoke thing. Um, so I, I want you to explain to me what this is about, why Apple needs to be in original video content at all as a company that makes most of its money selling you a black rectangle. Um, And just just explain the whole media landscape to me that makes any of this make sense. Uh, So I don't think I'm going to be able to,
1: (laughs) but I will, I will give you my, my thoughts, which, which like, which will actually probably end up proving kind of the opposite of what you're looking for. But um, so, this, so the context for this is Apple, according to the Wall Street Journal and others, now have signed a deal with Steven Spielberg, who apparently is going to bring a, a reboot of a TV series that was on in the 1980s called Amazing Stories. It's some some sci-fi uh, show which I'm I'm not particularly familiar with, but people have generally had good things to uh, to say about. Um, you know, I got so many thoughts on this. So I guess thought number one is there's definitely a sentiment that because Apple's bringing on talent like Steven Spielberg and there are two different Sony executives who they've also recently brought on who are are listed in the Ars Technica article that we'll put in the notes, that because they're bringing all this talent on board and they're devoting up to, I think it's a billion dollars. Um, towards this original content initiative for 2018 kind of looking to produce a, this art technical article says about 10 shows that all of a sudden Apple's going to you know become the next Netflix or you know be able to sort of instantly put the legacy of something like Planet of the Apps and Carpool Karaoke behind them and that that could that could happen but I'm not really willing to just say because they've signed these two Sony executives, they've dedicated a billion dollars, and they've now signed a deal with Steven Spielberg, that automatically means that they're going to make some compelling video platform. I'm highly, highly skeptical of that. So that's, that's sort of my, I guess, first main takeaway. But then to kind of get more into your specific question, I I really don't know what the play is here, because there's obviously two very different directions that apple could go with this they could have this be a platform which is exclusive to their hardware and exclusive to their ecosystem and use this as a way of driving additional apple tv and other hardware sales or they could make this service available across platforms on android windows etc and view this as more of a recurring revenue opportunity and I'm I'm not really sold on either of those strategies. Like it, this very much to me feels like well, lots of other companies are coming out with original content. We should too. Which is kind of a very un-Apple-like thing to do, but I I can't really find any other way to justify why they'd want
0: to why they'd want to get into original content. Is this just one of those things where, like, when somebody becomes super rich, they just need to create problems for themselves? I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, like, when when you need to, like, when you like, you're just like, like you remember the, you know that that cat thing? I like that, like, where it's it's the I should buy a boat cat. <laughs> yeah, you know what I know this I is do. right. I do. So, yeah. is that just what Tim Cook's doing? Like, where he's like, I I, I need a a a, a, a a a just a costly expenditure that will bring nobody joy, and and just will ultimately. Okay, so I'm mm. so I know I, I, I know i I suggested you shouldn't bring it up but like but like so this week's upgrade, and a lot of people have have discussed this in in depth um and everybody seems to talk about it as though it's a foregone conclusion that you know what Apple is working on original video content and they are going to be like they have the money in the bank and they they are a gonna be a, uh, a top tier a video creator because that's what you do when you have a lot of money so i just don't get why that's a thing because like for perspective like when you look at um like an amazon you get why original video might be for them even though they're a company that mainly makes money by just facilitating commerce and to selling you stuff and being like a retail middle middleman like they also make devices that are very heavily hooked into the amazon ecosystem and the fact that they do have a video service that either allows people to rent or buy content from other people the fact that they might make their own content to make your prime subscription more valuable is totally a thing that might happen google is not doing this just because why would they like making a music service makes sense like it it it's it's like apple having a first party uh subscription music service compared to just redirecting people to spotify it absolutely makes sense the fact that they were doing some ancillary music con- video content that complemented apple music maybe less on brand but still makes sense but like the idea that Apple needs to or that it even makes sense for them to potentially be like a Netflix competitor makes no fucking sense to me. And I just don't get it because is this going to be part of your Apple Music subscription? It seems like all all the rumors say that no, it's not. So therefore, how much does this cost? Do I need it in addition to Netflix? Of course I do because Netflix is making all the content that people want to watch now. Like the them plus HBO plus sports if you care like those those are the two to three subscriptions that you need to have so why does anybody need or want this is just like another thing that you'd have to subscribe to and since it's apple they're gonna find a way to screw like or to make it less than ideal for anybody that doesn't live the entire apple ecosystem life thing like i just don't I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Like for for the supposition or like the the premise that Apple is going to do this to prop up like Apple TV to say like you know what this stuff is exclusive to the Apple TV streaming box and this is how we're going to move all of these overpriced uh, 4K screensaver boxes, which is basically what it is, like that. I think that's a dumb idea because nobody's going to do that. Like if, let's say I didn't actually have an Apple TV or like the screensavers weren't a reason to buy it. You know what I would do if I, like, if there's this TV show that Apple made that I really wanted to watch, you know what, since they wouldn't allow me to give them their money any other way, I would just pirate it. Like I just, I, none of this adds up to me and it, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Yeah,
1: we're in, I think, total... Agreement here. And to relate this to something that you and I have also been in agreement on for a long time is sort of people's misplaced excitement in the idea of the shift towards IPTV and how there's this utopian vision around how people can have access to more content for less than what they're paying for traditional cable. This Apple service, assuming they go down the route of tying the platform into their hardware brings up like a whole new complication into this where I personally think that when you start adding up these monthly service fees across all the different platforms, those alone are going to put you probably at or above what you'd what you'd be able to get traditional cable for. But now if you start throwing in the fact that you well, now you also have to buy this $179 box to even have access to pay $10 or $15 a month, whatever this ends up needs needing to be. I mean that just throws the equation further out of whack. So, I mean, yeah, we're we're totally in agreement here and again, like I I'm I'm really not not only am I confused by all of this, but I'm really I'm really skeptical too because you look at a company like Netflix, which is sort of the poster child for being able to build out original content on the internet now. I mean, they've been at this for years and i think their their budget for next year was something like eight billion dollars so the the idea that apple is going to be able to just sort of hire a few people throw a billion dollars at it and create some type of compelling service like anybody who's willing to just give that to apple and say well yeah that's inevitable that that'll happen i i don't know i'm i'm
0: highly skeptical of that and and that's exactly it because you, you – uh, like, and that goes back to, like, my other point, which is, like, that you have to, like, think of, like, what is this – what is the purpose of the company that's doing this? Like, if you're Netflix or even – like, because uh, one of the examples that Jason brings up a lot is, like, C- what is their uh, CBS's um, over-the-top subscription thing called? C- CBS All Access. So, like, they're a media company. Their whole thing is they – Take either advertiser money or subscription revenue, like in the case of Showtime, and they will convert that into moving images that people want to watch. That's that's their business model. Apple wants to sell you shiny pieces of plastic and aluminum. What like even if you go with the idea that Apple is trying to become like a hybrid subscription revenue company, like who why how is this possibly? the way that that happens it just seems like it's so much work for something that probably won't pan out and again if it does like who's who's happy about this like it is so if apple lands some really big talent that wants to make a really cool show with few limits well, one first, I don't understand when Apple became the company that's going to produce that type of content because I always thought that they were like, "Oh no, like we 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 won't sell this or blah 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 because of content reasons." So let's say that the, some like Breaking Bad three or like Better Call Saul gets taken off AMC and now it's it's an Apple it's a Apple Watch subscription service thing. Like wh- who who does that benefit? The people making the shows won't want to do it because like nobody's gonna be able to watch it. Apple is gonna find a way to fuck everybody and make it so that you can't watch it on a non Apple device. Like even if like are you gonna be able to watch it in a web browser? Probably not. Are you only gonna be able to watch it on Apple devices? Well then that that's that's dumb. Like who like the whole reason why Netflix and Amazon. Well, actually, Amazon probably less so when I finish the thought. Like Netflix's strategy has been let's make our video content accessible and easy and work on literally everything. If your box or your thing can execute code, Netflix is trying to find a way to shoehorn their app onto it. If, if you have a shitty TV that supports even the most rudimentary apps, Netflix is there. If you make a crappy Blu-ray player, Netflix is there. Apple's not going to do that. They want you to spend $180 on this set-top box to, to watch another subscription service that I have to sign up for. Why? Yeah, I, the the two strategies that I outlaid at the beginning
1: of the conversation, wh- whether they wanted to use this as a lock-in or using this as a recurring revenue mechanism, I, I'm i with you still. And I, I do think that between those two options, it's more likely that Apple will go with option A and use it as a a lock-in mechanism but you bring up a good point around how that dramatically limits the audience which dramatically reduces the interest that content providers are going to have in the platform because i mean of course they care and probably first and foremost care about the money as as any reasonable person would but they also care about their creative works being seen by as many people as possible and if you're going to lock That content into a platform that's not really reaching out to all that many people because as it turns out people probably don't want to spend $179 on a set-top box when they can get one for half that price with the same if not better feature set i'm yeah i'm not i'm not really sure i'm not really sure who that works for and i'm just not really sure why why they need to do this i i i can't come up with any other reason other than me too i just really don't like I, I honestly the the apple tv 4k if it were i'll 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 even give them a little bit of 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 a stretch here even if that box were 129 dollars, ideally i think it would be 99 but even if it were like 129 i think what it currently does is is a reasonable value proposition mm-hmm and especially when you think more broadly about like iTunes and the way that you can buy movies and TV shows from iTunes and how they just very easily and seamlessly work across all of your iOS and macOS devices, that's that's already sort of a compelling enough content strategy for those devices. And I I'm just not really sure how this original content platform kind of fits into that and i'm just not even really sure how apple even starts it like at least with like with netflix before they got into the original content space you know they had a well what was especially back then not a very good but at least a somewhat extensive back catalog of content so there there was some kind of foundation there
0: well and, and, I, and I that's have, the other thing I, I does, have, does does apple then suddenly start trying to bid for the same content to build a catalog or is it only first run content
1: well that's what i like, i just added it would feel weird for apple to come out with this steven spielberg show and then also say oh yeah and you can watch the entire run of 30 rock or something like i just i just not really that just doesn't it doesn't really feel like a very Apple y thing to do.
0: Um, I do like that you chose one twenty nine as the reasonable price for the Apple T V four K, which it totally is, but yeah, good good job there. Yeah. Um this this is really dumb. Because is not Apple super happy to be the middleman? Like isn't that their whole bullshit thing where they, they charge you thirty percent just for the pleasure of being on their platform? Why can't you just keep siphoning money from everybody else who has a a good business model and is like who's that's their business. Like that's not what you do. Your your whole thing to if Apple wants vendor lock in, keep pushing on iMessage. Keep making software that is above average and works well with their with your other stuff. That's way more lock in than a show that I might want to watch and think, oh, I have a phone that says LG on it, so I can't watch it.
1: Totally, and it almost works to the opposite effect of what they would want it to, where. I'm just starting to get irritated at how many different services you have to be subscribed to now to have access to all the content that you want. I mean, say what you, again, say what you will about traditional cable, but at least kind of before this Netflix, HBO Go renaissance, Hulu, et cetera, you kind of just had one subscription to something and you sort of had access to everything. And now it's you know there's this Netflix exclusive show over here. There's this Amazon Prime exclusive show over there. You know now there's this Apple thing. It's just you know I, I'm not I'm not really sure how this this move towards internet based content is gonna be better than what we have currently.
0: So how about this? Can I make a business proposition for you? Sure. Okay. So we make a company called. A uh, uh, Zfinity, and <laughs> we charge everybody one hundred and nine dollars a month, and we say, "Hey, you you give us this money, we give you access to everything. You can have access, to CBS, all access. You you yeah, Handmaiden's Tale. You know, it, 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 oh, we we got you. We we got Hulu. You want to watch um, Stranger Things? Hell yeah, you can. You're gonna pay a single bill, and we're gonna give you everything. How's that sound? Oh, and you also get regional sports." It sounds pretty good, yeah. Sounds good. I don't know, but like, but I think there might be some antitrust stuff because we're going to try to force you to get home phone that you don't actually want. So maybe we get we can we can circle back to that. But like, this whole thing is so dumb.
1: Can I can I make a just a little mini uh, chef special uh, pick here? Sure. I, I think this has actually been one in the past, but I just wanted to sh- shout it out here again. Mm-hmm. I was having a, a minor issue with um, the cable card here in in my TiVo. Mm-hmm. called called up that cable card xfinity number just truly wonderful people there incredibly helpful there's like there were a couple of moments where you know they'll update something and then they have they have to wait a few minutes for the their system to refresh and there'll be a, a friendly conversation about how's your day going and all this just really really good good experience
0: they're like the seal team 6 of Comcast <laughs> customer service and it pisses me it's, it's like, so oh, true. Yeah. It's like you're so good. Like I uh, cuz I only ever have to call them anytime I move. But like it's, it's like oh, you're so uh. Yeah, we were having an issue
1: where regular TV worked fine on the TiVo, but then Xfinity on demand and HBO both wouldn't work when you when you would try to access either on demand or HBO, it would bring you to the screen as if the cable card wasn't activated. Um so mm-hmm. just gave 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 them a call and um was up and running in like 15 minutes nice (laughs) but i you know i i kind of i kind of bring that up now to sort of conclude the point you were making which is it's really easy to hate on comcast and there's there's many reasons why people can and in some cases should but Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know man i feel like we've probably said this 10 different times, but the amount that I pay per month for cable, so my TV and my internet, I feel like is a perfectly reasonable amount of money that I get a ton of value out of. And then you kind of, on top of that now, throw in these relatively positive service experiences. And and I've had a handful of these over the years with them. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is actually like just a pretty good service that i don't have really no desire to swap out for something different
0: yeah i i've been of that opinion but i i will say that we're probably gonna have to scale that back like a little bit because like because cord uh, again like i'm somebody who used to be like not anti cord cutting but i was always I always like no this is a bad deal you guys gotta stop this but no it does seem like it i oh, just like cord cutting is totally a thing but I I think what I was gonna say we're on the uh, on like ahead of the curve on but no we're not but like like is that most people just don't get like they're in this weird like nineteen sixties utopia thing where they think that it's somehow going to be cheaper and better for society overall except it's totally not like because people have to get paid and that's that's what's going to happen in the end and companies. Are going to find a way to fragment this to the point where you have to give everybody a bunch of money and overall the spreadsheet at the end, like it's it's all going to end up being more money. Um, so I think the Comcast like bundle of video channels like that kind of stuff is probably on the way out for better or for worse. Like who who knows? But um, no, I think I think the fact like right now I we're, we're on the same page that we totally disagree that cord cutting is some panacea that's going to just make everything amazing all the time but i think overall like stuff's going to change and i think that's why comcast feels or uh, feels and is smart that they are not merely a video provider they are a content creator as well so no matter what happens uh they win yeah i think maybe to make a more
1: nuanced point here cord cutting makes sense for some but definitely not all and i I get the impression from talking to some people that they just automatically think that cord cutting is going to end up putting them in a better, cheaper solution than they were previously, and and I I think for some people that is true, but I I think for a lot of people, including you and me, I do I don't I don't think it would make sense, and I, I don't really even consider myself someone who watches a lot of TV. In fact, I I, mean, I know I don't, but it's hard to imagine any sort of cord cutting setup that I could come up with where I would end up paying less than what I do now while still having access to all the same
0: content. And again, I've said it like probably literally 60 times on this show. Once you cut them out of the video portion, they're going to make the internet more expensive. Not that that's a good business practice or any like, like I'm not making judgments on that, but like they're still going to get their money like they just want your bill to be a certain thing like they don't give a shit where where the what what name the product on the bill ends up being no i mean it, it it's it's, incre- it's incredibly smart for the
1: cable companies to have gotten into internet when they did because mm-hmm. they they essentially future proofed their legacy tv platform
0: Yep. yep 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 Okay. Do you want to blaze through? So I I think I, so you sent the, your um, preliminary uh, show outline or uh, what do you want to talk about? And then I I demoted a few things. <laughs> so, we, so we have, we have news in brief. So do you want to blaze through a couple of things that could have been full topics, but it was a busy week. So we're gonna, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, so let's, let's do that. So it related to this TV stuff, although let's not spend nearly as much time on it is the this Disney Movies Anywhere story, um, which essentially, long story short here, Disney's had this Movie Anywhere service for a while, but it's just been a Disney thing. They've now, in the last week, added Fox, Warner, Sony, and Universal. And I have not yet tried this for myself, but by the sounds of it, it basically sounds like with any of these participating studios... If you've purchased a movie on just about any sort of online video platform, whether that's iTunes or the Amazon store or Vudu or the billion other services that are out there now, or even if you've bought in a Blu-ray and you've gotten one of those like digital download codes, now all of a sudden you're going to have access to those movies on across all those platforms. So if you bought something on iTunes, you're going to have access to it on Amazon and vice versa. That seems that seems pretty pretty great. That just seems sort of like objectively a good thing, both for the studios and for the consumers. Yep. So <laughs> that's your that's your hot take.
0: Like I think it's like, like it's it's like one of those things. Like it's it's like unlimited movies. Like you can't. There's nothing here to be mad about. Like somebody somebody may be getting screwed, but it's certainly not me. So I don't. Put and put put this in the category of
1: things that you kind of knew were going to happen, but just happened a lot quicker than you would have expected. Like, of course, this is where things were going to go, but I just imagined the movie studios resisting it <laughs> longer than they did. But to their credit, they've, they've embraced it.
0: So maybe, because I haven't bought a physical piece of media in, in God knows how long. And I, I'm not saying that to sound like, oh, look at me, I'm fancy. But like... Can you explain how this worked before? Because wasn't there a system called, like, Ultraviolet or something? Because I always see on TV, they're advertising, like, you get, like, this weird combo pack where it's Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Like, how did this used to work? So I've,
1: I've only done this a couple of times, and this was years ago, so my memory of this probably isn't complete, but I believe that with a lot of these codes, you redeemed them through ultraviolet which i I think might have linked to voodoo or or some other service and then you only had access to your movie through that service so you couldn't just then have access to it like in itunes but then i think over time there were some movies or some instances where you would redeem that code but then you would also have access to it in something like itunes but not not totally cross-platform like this is now. But now my understanding is the way that this would work is you would get that same code in your Blu-ray box and through this movies anywhere service, you're now just going to have access to that movie digitally across all of your platforms.
0: Yeah, that's that seems pretty great. Um and yeah, you you gotta you gotta wonder what Apple signed eight years ago that caused them to be forced to comply with this. Because I assume Apple does did probably don't want to participate. And I'm not trying to be mean to apple this week like most weeks but like they this does not seem like something they would ever want to participate
1: in right oh i mean no totally this this very much seems like a thing where the movie studios have been saying for a while probably going back to the most recent round of deals that that they did with apple and all the you know amazon google etc that's basically like hey you know there's gonna come a time when we're gonna decide to just make our content totally cross-platform and if you want to continue having access access to our content, you need to support that. Period. And there's really there's really not a lot that even Apple can do in that case because I mean, what it, what is Apple going to do? Just not have Disney or Universal movies on the iTunes Store? I mean, that would be that would be dumb. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. Echo products. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So cu- I was going to say a couple couple quick hits on on um Amazon stuff um Amazon now can recognize different voices and give personalized responses based on those voices. I got really excited about this when you when you sent over the link. But then I quickly re- I quickly realized like what what would I actually use this for? Cuz I don't think you can have for example different smart home commands based on voice. I think it's more just for things like calendar and other sort of notifications like that right
0: that is my understanding
1: and I don't and I don't use I don't use the echo for any of that stuff so I'm not I'm not really sure I'd have a use case where I'd benefit
0: from this well you could say like late uh, miss Amazon can you order me like my favorite flavor of LaCroix and it knows which which flavor it is because people probably have different flavors yeah uh, yeah that's true (laughs) Sorry, that's um, the only example I could think of that that could have a different response. But other than that, I think yeah, literally the only thing is is going to be to do lists and calendar. It's kind of the only thing I could think of immediately until this whole thing, of like ecosystem, becomes more um, inclusive.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, and then the the other quick little echo hit here is. Um, the what is this called? This is the Garmin Speak, and it's a little little disc-like device that has a windshield mount that goes in your car. It's got like a really simple. It's not even really a screen, but it's just sort of a little interface that has arrows that will point in the direction of your next turn, and it has Alexa integration. Or oops, shoot, I gotta mute her. <laughs> a lady, lady in it. Ugh. Lady in a can um, integration seems. I don't know. Seems kind of kind of neat, but I I don't know. We I feel like we we had a conversation some time ago about Lady in a can outside the home and how that was the the utility of that being a little maybe ambiguous.
0: Like like what would have made more sense to me is like because cause I always like in the car I do really want to say alexa do x just because i found that to be the most reliable and and uh good um digital assistant so (laughs) we're just gonna move past that it's okay she's across the room i didn't think she'd hear i I
1: think the i I think whenever we make these comments the the noise gate that i put on this ends up cutting her out so it ends up just making us sound like crazy people but
0: i'm not crazy you're the one that brought it up i'm i'm just moving right along Mm -hmm. um but no, like I do want to use that command in the car and, and whenever I have to change that to Hey Siri and then it it brings up Apple Maps and then I just get really sad. Um, Like it's just, I, I do think the idea of uh, Amazon's connected AI assistant product in the car would be nice, but I think it kind of has to be built in. Like this device is kind of like whatever because it still has to pair to your phone for the data connection and it doesn't have a screen. Um, I don't know, this, this is kind of, Whatever. Like, again, Amazon tries everything and Garmin, bless their hearts, is trying whatever to compensate for the fact that automobile GPS isn't a thing anymore. So, uh, yep, yeah, gold, uh, participation ribbons all around. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, uh, auto autos are coming up, uh, sooner than we thought, um, or much closer to my predictions than yours. Yeah, I've I've
1: been I've been surprised by this over the past couple of months. Where I mean, shoot, when Congress agrees on something, you really know that we're that we're moving towards it. Where you know, both the House and Senate have passed relatively aggressive, pretty open um, support behind autonomous vehicles.
0: What does the Freedom Caucus think?
1: <laughs> I don't know and don't care. Um and then there's there we'll put this in the in the notes there was a um LA Times article that um talks about how California can allow or might be allowing autonomous cars on the road by June of next year and we're talking like i think full level 5 autonomy which you know i mean we'll we'll see if that actually happens but just the fact that governments are coming out and saying that that's possible and that they'll support it is I mean, I, I'm I'm. This is like one of those areas where I'm super happy to be wrong. I, I'm glad that my my pessimism is is proving to be misfounded. I just really thought that we would end up in kind of a a legislative legislative nightmare when it came to autonomous vehicles, but it really does seem like government and private industry alike are rallying around what is, I think the truth, which is autonomous cars are just going to be way, way, way safer than what we have today. And that there's really, there's really no reason to just not fully, fully embrace this.
0: Cool. All right. That concludes news and brief. All right. (laughs) Now time for a sponsor break.
1: Sure. Go for it
0: you want to talk about some shady mattresses? We're no, we're going to postpone that postpone that's next week. I really want to burn my Casper mattress. I it's really uncomfortable and I don't like it. But we'll we'll get back to that.
1: Well and we'll, maybe we can talk more about this next week, but I so I sent you the I sent you that picture from the other night cuz I walked by that that Casper store that they have here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It you know, it looked pretty weird in the pictures that got posted online when it opened. It, it seeing it in person, it's like 10 times weirder. It's Ugh. Yeah. It's we're, 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 we're going like, to talk about it. There's like fake grass. There there's it's just I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on there.
0: I mean, we're going to we're going to talk about it and and, and you're going to be required to read that entire article about their scammy practices. And I got I got to I I'm going I'm probably just going to end up buying one of those fucking really expensive Tempur-Pedic things. Oh, man. Because really? the problem like, because this bed is really uncomfortable, dude. Hmm. Like I I don't like it. And and here's the thing. I assume I just have to throw it like, I, cause who's going to buy a used mattress? So, so I'm going to get murdered on Craigslist in in hopes for forty dollars. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get back to this tomorrow, or uh, no, actually two weeks from now. Um, all right. No, no, we're 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 recording next week. You, 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 when you, you flee the country, you, you thought. <laughs>
1: You, you thought we weren't, weren't going to do it. I thought I was doing you a favor by telling you about that weeks ago, but I think it's yeah, just, I think it just caused more confusion.
0: Can you, here's the thing if you, if anybody who ever works with me, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a bright guy and I am on top of things, but don't tell me things that are going to happen four weeks ahead of time when I don't need to know it <laughs> because you're just going to, just going to f- everything I'm thinking of for the time being. Like it's, um. it's just not awful. If you say you're taking a vacation, I don't want to know because it's not going to help me at all. It's not going to give me any additional context. I'm just going to think, oh, that person's unavailable.
1: I, I've t- I've totally I've totally done the thing where I feel like I've told you about a scheduling thing just a couple of days in advance, and I've I've felt bad that I haven't given you enough notice. But
0: no, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> because if like the if the um, not intellectual, what's what's the like if if my like. Thought capital, like if if I don't have to think a lot about it, you're not helping me. Just just I like I I can I can take short notice if it's not if I'm not having to scrap a bunch of stuff I would have done otherwise.
1: <laughs> uh So anyway, we we are yeah, we are recording next week, but then not the week after that for people who are looking to schedule their podcast calendars
0: accordingly. Hmm. Hmm. Um. All right. So let, briefly, actually, no. Let's okay. You do you know anybody who's not me that has the new crappy macbook pro
1: there are a couple of people in my office who do but that no that that's about it
0: okay so let's so th- there's a couple things here and we're only gonna talk about this briefly because i think the twitter topic is gonna take a while um marco has done another fantastic article like he, he's he been crushing it recently or like he, he actually always does like you know how he did the whole thing about what the apple watch needs in order to be a good um platform to support podcast listening that was an amazing article that was very detailed and very rational and then this uh this week he wrote something about USB C and just kind of why it is such a mess and why it has all this inconsistency and why kind of it's weird that apple pushed so hard to get this horse out of the gate um and yeah people 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 should go look at that and listen to that and like it was just kind of overall i think the thesis was that uh, apple probably they like they super identify with the alleged promise or like the initial promise of um what usb c was which was like one cable that rules them all and regardless of whatever application you want it to do, or if, if it's for charging, if it's for video, if it's for data, um, I-O, and that kind of stuff. Like, it's the same connector, and it doesn't matter what port it is, and everything's amazing all the time. Except due to, like, um, cheap, crappy cables and weird dongles and limited support based on the logic board that's inside the computer. Some ports don't do this, and some ports don't do that, and some aren't full power, and some, like... There's just so many things about USB C right now that are just kind of a mess. And it's kind of gonna be a mess for a long time. And then by the time it gets sorted out, Apple's gonna try to have moved on to the next thing because I think it's gonna be two millimeters thinner. This is not wrong. This is definitely not
1: a perfect analogy, but the one of the things that I thought about when reading this article is USB C is sort of just built on an impossible premise, which is what I've said for a long time about the kind of surface idea of a laptop-tablet hybrid, where a device like that is bound to fail because the premise that it's built on is just sort of impossible. I just don't think it's possible with hardware as kind of we conceive of it today to be the best of both a laptop and a tablet. And I think USB-C, with, with the premise of being sort of the you know, to use a, a Lord of the Rings re- reference like you frequently like to do, you know, uh,
0: Gee, how dare you, <laughs>
1: a one port to to rule them all. I, I just, that that's just a false premise to me. I just don't see with all the different competing interests that you have over IO, I, I just don't see how you could possibly come up with one standard that everybody's going to adhere to and implement correctly. I just did. It, it's it, that's just impossible. And I think you end up in exactly the same situation as you do with something like the surface, where you kind of just end up with something that's sort of that sort of like does lots of stuff, but it doesn't really do any of it all that well.
0: Uh, I I think that's insulting to the surface. Like the surface. Uh, anyway, surface is pretty good. At least they're trying new things, but they don't they don't pretend it's going to be. Uh, anyway. it,
1: it's not a, it's not a perfect analogy that I, I compare the two again because i think the idea that both are built on is just impossible
0: well so the, like i think that's just the way apple is with connectors in general like like they've they've made lightning super weird the fact that like to charge an apple pencil i have to stick it into my ipad pro and this we- and i have this weird thing hanging off of it the fact that the apple um that the like Apple TV remote charges over Lightning, and that the mouse like just so much AirPods, like everything charges over this weird connector, except like allegedly they think USB C is the future. Except they want to be proprietary in that regard, so they don't actually want to support it on those devices. So I don't know. So go read go read the article, and it, it's 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 super interesting. I don't think we have a lot to add to it, but um, it's it's interesting. It is in the notes, and then the um the other part is that uh, Casey Johnston Johnson or Johnston I think it's Johnston um, wrote a uh, a really good article for the outline which is that new site that Josh Topolsky did that I don't think anybody actually reads
1: um I I had literally never heard of this until you put this in in the
0: thing it launched a while ago and actually can can I can I do a quick uh sidebar tangent thing before we get into this? Please. Something that, and, and this started with, again, this, I, maybe this is entirely a Josh Topolsky product that that makes me so angry when I'm reading stuff on the internet. Was The Verge the first site that did that fucking thing where they will take like a quote or like a 10-word a thing from the article and just put it in big fucking letters like in the middle of the article that you're reading? Do you know what I mean? I oh, I, I totally do and it's, it's kind of the worst. I hate it. I hate it so much because, and the thing is medium does this too, because they now have a thing that you can't turn off. And if you can, somebody please let me know how, but like wouldn't, because medium has a thing where you can highlight stuff like that. Oh, I found this interesting to me. and, and, And that's, and that's great. But then medium will go and show the most popular highlights embedded in the article. So like, because I'm like, Shallow lizard brain creature. Like I will just like my eyes will just dart to that thing. Oh well, this is highlighted. This is the most important part. So it just destroys the way I read. Like it's just like like I just want to be able to. Silly like with the medium stuff. I want to just like happen upon something and be like, hey, that was insightful, or or I'm I'm happy I read that. Like instead of having this weird thing of like, oh, this is the most important part or the thing where like the verge and the outline and initially like a whole bunch of other people have done the same thing, which is like either the thing I literally just read or something I'm about to read is in big letters, like so that I have to like it just breaks the flow of reading and it's it's just the worst and it's terrible and, and just like I guess it's great for skimmers, but then write shorter stuff. Like I I don't I don't I don't.
1: Another another weird thing the outline does is when you scroll to the bottom of an article, it just instantly goes to another article. Oh, but that's everything, though.
0: No, it, uh, that's the thing. And the but it also, months? like, it changes the URL in and, uh-huh. uh-huh. and the, and the address. Really? Is, that's a thing? No, like, here's the thing. Um, like, if you go to, uh, let me send you a thing. Uh, go to Slack. Okay. So here's just, like, some random article from uh, Bloomberg. And Bloomberg is just like a super normal, traditional, like, news outlet. So scroll to the bottom of the article, and you will get a brand new article that takes over the title bar and changes the URL. Huh. Yeah. Because it's, it's uh, one of those bullshit growth hacking things where it will, like, they just want you to keep staying on the page. And every single time you scroll too far, that counts as another page view. Hmm. And, and it, of course, it has autoplay video everything has to be terrible. <laughs> hmm. Okay, what are we talking about? Uh Apple A- Apple TV, right? <laughs> the keyboard thing. Um luckily my letter N has been more cooperative recently, but yeah, I've had this this terrible computer for all of 3 months, I think. Maybe even less. And yeah, it's it's the the keyboard which is not that good and and is loud and is not and is not good. Um yeah, it has shoddy keys that apparently the only way to fix them is to take it to an Apple uh genius grove and have them run three diagnostics on it that take an hour um, and then ship off your computer to have uh these fragile, fragile keys replaced. All in Apple's quest to make shit thinner that didn't need to be thinner. The
1: the the, the new the new keyboards continue to be something that I'm just so confused by i i, I think i've I been mean, putting these reliability issues aside which is now just sort of icing icing on the cake with these things i, I think these keyboards and i don't this is not an original thought but if, if this was like the one and only style keyboard that you used i i, I guess that you would get used to it and it would be okay but like the question I have for you cuz th- this this story that came up this week around the defective keys reminded me of something I've been meaning to, to circle back up with you on which is checking in with the laptop that you have which is I just would think that it would be really distracting to to go back and forth between this this style keyboard and then basically any other
0: style keyboard like I don't know how you do that throughout the day it's actually not that bad like i i don't like the keyboard on the macbook pro but it's it's not that bad just cuz i'm probably the wrong person to ask just because um i like i i use a split keyboard at my main computer and just like the difference of going between a split keyboard and a traditional like non split keyboard that's like i've gotten good at not like on oh, like I'm adapting between the two really easily. Like I can still type super super fast on my Microsoft ergonomic, whatever, whatever. But uh, like it it's fine. Like it's just mainly that the Macro Pro keyboard is loud and shallow and isn't very good. And again, I have like and now I have this letter N that is not as responsive as it should be in some time. And here's the thing in um again, Marco, because uh, he he um has this bad computer as well. I think he actually brought it or, or like, um, or narrowed it down that sunlight and heat will often affect how responsive the keys are just because like things expand when they get colder or warmer. Um, And apparently, yeah, like if you use something in the sunlight uh, that will sometimes cause keys to work less reliably. And I just hate that. Like, this is a thing. This is objectively a worse computer in literally every way except the screen. Yeah, I mean you so you you brought this up where it, it's it's
1: just totally unnecessary.
0: Well, and, and, and here's the thing. The, and, uh, I I okay. I uh, Apple gets a lot of my money every year and I don't hate Apple. But this is the same goddamn thing with the with the notch and the iPhone 10 and Ed and Tim Cook jacking up the price of literally everything that you buy, literally every bit about it is because they think they have this weird priority that everything needs to be thinner or everything needs to be like distinctive and different, whether or not it's actually better. Over and over and over again. Like the iPhone 10 is insanely emblematic of this. They didn't want to make it look like every other Android phone that was about to come out that had an edge-to-edge screen that's truer. In the in like the phrasing of edge to edge than what the iPhone 10 is, so they have this funky ass notch thing that people are gonna have to design against for the next three years until they can find a way to get rid of it, and that's just what people have to live with. Uh, you and you and I are agreeing too much this week. Well, here's the thing. I but uh, but no, I think here's the uh, you y- y- something happened to you where you're <laughs> you're you're much more amenable to. The right side of history because um, <laughs> yeah, you used to give apple so much leeway like i just think this man that 2017 is mm. well i think i think you i think you just alluded
1: to this where it's a pattern now it's not just one thing and you're right i think maybe a year or two ago when apple i i think started kind of going down a different path I was I was kind of in that kind of the 538 wait and see mode but you know now that there are plenty of examples of questionable hardware decisions, questionable pricing, questionable strategies, it's it's getting a bit harder to defend. And I say the same thing that you just did where I mean Apple gets plenty of my money, I'm going to be one of those total idiots eight days from now waiting up to midnight to pre-order a phone that I'm not going to get for six months. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm still totally in, into this ecosystem, but that's not to say
0: that I don't have some
1: reservations about it.
0: And, and actually, and that's a good point. Like, that's the thing where like, it, it, it frustrates me just cause like, like any other rational person would be able to like, stop complaining, go, go, go buy something else. Go, go buy an, a Samsung phone. Like, it's just cause like, I, I really dislike the way Android works. Like, it's not that iOS, like, and I think actually, I like in a lot of ways, iOS is getting worse. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff about it. Um, but like, it's just, I don't like the way Android works. And, and Windows is, I don't even, mean, the fuck is going on with Windows 10. Like, stuff's weird. Like, where, like, I don't really have a choice to go somewhere else other than to, like, cause, like, Tim Cook is running the company the way he wants to. And so much of this is intentional. Like, I, whatever.
1: Well, and and the big the big thing for me is and you know, this has been a punching bag for a while and I think in the early days it deserved to be, but I far less so now, which is iTunes. I mean, for me or not just iTunes. <laughs> iCloud. Jeez, got to get it. You can't you can't mix up your i names. You could really screw up your point. iCloud for me is is the killer lock-in feature where small little things like always having text messages be sent to my mac throughout the day is huge you know the calendar syncing works great the contact syncing works great like i'm i'm totally into that system and i i know there are ways to achieve similar results with google and that and that whole ecosystem but having a setup like that which i'm totally into would would be difficult to kind of redo. much like my my smart home, like I mentioned earlier.
0: hmm
1: It all all comes full circle.
0: Yep. Okay. Let's uh let's get into I I, I, I pine for the shows that we where we were innocent in and then it was all happy fun times all the time. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about Twitter. And this is not gonna be me preaching about my no Twitter strategy, even though I probably will. Um Did you read the article that I sent you and gave you as a signed homework? Yes. Okay. So there have actually been a couple of articles and actually it's been a kind of bad news week for Twitter, but when isn't it actually? (laughs) Um, Yeah. The main one, which I'm actually, I, I, again, I don't have a good sense for kind of what kind of traction this article got outside of like the design and like super like early Twitter communities. Basically, like Mike Montero, who um, is a co-founder at Mule Design, uh, was a super early Twitter user back when it launched in late two thousand six. And like for the first few years, Twitter was actually like a pretty tight knit community. Um, But he just wrote kind of like the story of like the early founding and stuff like that, and kind of how things were back in the good old days. And I know that's subjective and that's relative, and a lot of other stuff. But um, his main thing I think was basically that like Twitter, like and let me know if I'm summarizing this correctly. Twitter was built on the concept of like giving everybody a voice and that overall that like was a noble goal to have, but that when you actually think about it and as like the service grew exponentially, like that idea doesn't necessarily scale because Twitter didn't really choose to design around like harassment and like other awfulness issues that come with giving everybody a voice and overall like they're if you think about it now that they're a public company like their economic incentives aren't really aligned with solving the problem which is why you get like a bunch of weird empty promises about transparency and uh, nothing ever gets better and all that kind of stuff and then his main thing I think is basically that uh Donald Trump is kind of like what we get as a result of all of this and the fact that the company is completely unwilling to um basically uh ban this walking terms of service violation which is our president um like it is is a problem where we have somebody who is basically using the social network as a tool of abuse and bullying and harasses people and and all that kind of stuff and is eventually gonna start World War Three um, in a tweet like that that's a problem that you kind of have to eventually grapple with. Is that fair? Yeah, I I think it is.
1: And this very much relates to a story that I think is in the really early days and is something that we're gonna hear a lot more about over the next couple of years, which is both with Twitter and I think really particularly with Facebook, these platforms have become something that I'm going to be charitable and say that even those companies themselves didn't know what they were becoming. I, I think that's maybe a little debatable, but that's a whole other topic. But at least the, I think the world at large didn't fully understand what Facebook has become or what Twitter has become. I mean, I sure as hell didn't when I was signing up for Facebook to connect to new people. Freshman year in college with my .edu email address. Did I ever think that it was going to be a platform used by a foreign adversary to impact a presidential election? I mean, of course not, and and no, nobody did. It sounds like something out of a um you know fiction novel. And I I think we're we're really we're really trying to grapple with that. And I I think in the in the case of Twitter. It's maybe a little bit more of a narrow issue than 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 what Facebook's dealing with. But it's the same it's the same kind of concept where there's all of these these problems with the service and Twitter seems unable or unwilling to do anything about it. And it's not even clear that they even fully understand what the problem is or, or what they would need to do to try to fix it.
0: And, and, and that's the thing where I will... I am very confident in saying that it's unwillingness. I mean, yeah, yeah, because it 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 is so. Because like, so let's let's play let's let's um let's like let's go through like the logistics of like banning the president. Like so, like if you look at the behavior and like all all, all, all like all the awful tweets, like when when like he he's like either like uh, lying he's, um, insulting private citizens and, uh, public officials and all this kind of stuff and is blocking private, uh, private citizens who technically with government media, you actually can't, um, exclude citizenry from, uh, communicating with their elected officials. So that's actually a different thing. Like, if you, if you look at all that stuff, like that is stuff that, if any like normal person was constantly abusing people or uh, was using their social media profile for uh hate speech or any of that kind of stuff, like that would be something that would get somebody banned from a social network. so like what actually happens if the president were to be kicked off of Twitter? Like sure, all the fucking like alt right and like and all all that nonsense would would happen, and people would be like, "Oh, freedom of speech." It, they're a private fucking company. It it doesn't it doesn't matter. That that's not a thing. Like freedom of speech is not. It's like it's it is not the right for your awful opinions to to be heard. It, it's the fact that you the government and authorities cannot silence you, but you you are not entitled to an audience. And as a private company, Twitter should delete the profile or, or give warnings or ban the president like but like what actually would happen like sure like he would find some other place to post his nonsense like would that be facebook who knows does zuckerberg actually want that to happen who who knows is it good for business i'm sure they'll do the math on that but like like what happens if he gets kicked off of twitter like nothing right
1: i i mean I, i think it would probably have the the opposite effect of what one would hope it would it would just amplify, amplify his message even louder and galvanize, you know the, the galvanize the worst instincts of of some of his supporters.
0: But it already has. Well, I'm like, but like, how could it get worse? Or well, I, I'm, I'm sure. No, whoops, 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 whoops. <laughs> Hold on. No, no. Uh, I know it could be worse. Sometimes it's tough to imagine, but I'm yes, it could be worse but it doesn't have to happen on Twitter. I guess is what I'm saying. Twitter doesn't have to be a terrible cesspool. I, like again, I deleted it from my phone and I did my whole blocking thing and I limit myself to 10 to 15, uh, 10 to 15 minutes a day of it. But here's the thing: like every time I go back on it, I hate it. Like it, I, I end up angry. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's not good. I don't know, dude. Like, uh, your thing of deleting it from your phone didn't stick, did it? Um. So I I've never deleted it from my phone. I, I've done a couple of things. Or you took like a holiday, right, or something from it? Yeah. So
1: I've been. So I I went one successful weekend where I just literally didn't look at it at all, and since then have at the very least tried to really minimize the amount of time I spent on it during the weekend, and then I also did go through the exercise of paring down the number of people I follow, and for most people who I do follow, disabling retweets from that person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And i that's really cut down just on the raw number of tweets that come through my feed, which then I think has the effect of me just spending less time on Twitter and checking it less frequently, which is kind of what I'm looking to do. So I, I think... I think that's, that's been my position since we kicked off this whole conversation a few weeks ago. I'm not really sure that I'm in a place where I I need to, or even want to cut out Twitter entirely, but I I do think there's a lot of value in taking a step back. Like, I I feel like we've, a lot of us, and I definitely include myself in this, have really gotten kind of caught up in Twitter over the years. And I, I think that, Mike Montero's article here maybe captures a little bit of that and now a lot of us are sort of pausing taking that step back and kind of trying to like put Twitter back into context if that makes any sense
0: uh, sh- uh, y- yeah so, like th- th- those are good moves um, overall I mean like any- anything that helps you kind of make it, like, less of a, like, just, like, this, um, psychological minefield that, like, it currently is. Like, that, that's, that's noble. But, yeah, like, but overall, you, you do think that you get, like, a net positive return on the, on, like, you think there's positive ROI on Twitter right now? I mean, for me, I still think so, yes. Compared to three years ago? Yeah, I, 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 I I do think so. Well, no, sorry, I'm saying, do you think... It has gotten better since three years ago. Not just for me, but generally.
1: Hmm? What, what do you mean? Is, is that your question? Is whether Twitter's gotten better just generally, and not not like for my specific use case?
0: No, I'm just saying specifically for you, based off of like the the, the quality of content and all that kind of stuff. Do you think you get more or less out of more, or do you think like excluding like like including the mental anguish? Like do you do you think it's it's a net positive for you?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Huh, interesting,
1: but I think that there is a really heavy burden on the user with Twitter to curate what they're what they're seeing
0: there. And you don't think the 2016 election meant that basically everything became political or became just like 24 seven like streams of outrage. That's well that's that's not a Twitter thing though. That's just a But Twitter's one of the most direct like eye line like just sight lines into that. Definitely, but
1: that's that's kind of a, a cause and effect question where Twitter is not Twitter's not the cause of all the all the angst this year. It's it's,
0: it's one of the huge enablers. Yeah,
1: that's that's true. But I'm I guess I'm not I'm not really trying to put the kind of awfulness that has been this year in a lot of ways on Twitter. Like I'm not really, I'm not like Twitter would, if Twitter weren't around this year, these, these feelings and people being outraged would kind of find their way out through some other means
0: i don't think in the same way though like i'm not like i hmm. because i think that's the 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 million dollar question kind of is is like do you think twitter is overall like in the political discourse whether you're saying on the opposition side or the like hashtag resist side like like do you think like do you think it's still an effective tool for that? And do you think like just these like micro controversies that people bounce in between all day long, and it's just exhausting to see about like oh like what lie did the president tell like this hour? Like I mean, do you you th- you think that's that would just no matter what like it's like the medium is not part of how that manifests itself? No, it it
1: definitely is, but I. I'm just not really sure that if Twitter were to disappear tomorrow that all these little micro-controversies would go away. I don't think they would.
0: Yeah, that's... Okay, that's... I
1: don't think you're wrong, but I just...
0: I, I, and I I—I and and I, and I, I,
1: I don't think you're wrong either. I mean, I, you're 100% correct in that Twitter amplifies the the kind of echo chamber that it can be, but that echo chamber exists outside of twitter twitter didn't create that but twitter but twitter definitely enables that so where would it go i mean it would go to facebook it would go to reddit it would go to thousands of other places on the internet where ridiculous conversations can be had
0: i don't think it would though because that's just that's not how facebook works
1: like facebook well, it does, it doesn't work that of, way because there is Twitter. I'm saying that if you took Twitter out of the equation, being people would people would migrate onto a, a different platform.
0: So, so you're saying that so so tomorrow, uh, Jack Dorsey gets off his ass for once and and chooses to ban Donald Trump, and the 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 alt right they 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 rise up and the, and they they all choose to, like and just Twitter falls apart. You think that Facebook fills in the gap that quickly and the product itself changes to accommodate that level of nonsense that quickly. Like, I just don't think Facebook as a product evolves in that way. I don't like, I, cause it's not meant for that type of sharing. Like, like I know it has its own problems, but I just don't see where like all these, like you just do like this drive by like awfulness and like in like hate speech against other people. Like, and just, I don't think it really works that way, especially with like the model of, you can have like at most like two thousand friends on facebook like it's it's just much harder for awfulness to gain traction like their whole Russian ads micro targeting of people predisposed to believing terrible things aside like in terms of just pure garbage, I think Twitter does have like. It's, it's, they 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 are the they are the Yankees of of shitty internet. <laughs> now that that we can agree on. Um, I, I don't think you're allowed to use that as a show title because I think that's too too vulgar. <laughs> um, sorry, they're the two thousands, like the early two thousands. Yankee, the, the, no, they're the Lakers of shitty internet. Hey um, hey 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 hey. Uh, Lakers dynasty. Um, I don't know, man. Like that. That's it. So like, do you, so let me just ask, like. Does Twitter ever Don, uh, ban Donald? Donald Trump? No. Why not? Be- because
1: I I I, it, I think they know that it would, it would just, it it would cause so many more problems than we already have. But like, what kind of problems? It would falsely feed into the narrative that the press is trying to hide all of Trump's accomplishments. It would, it would be here
0: <laughs> what if? but are his accomplishments on twitter like that's the thing like i don't yeah
1: if so if you if you if you just so if you delete every other account that you follow and you just follow his personal account and the POTUS account absolutely
0: Mm-mm. because cuz well again i haven't been on it in a month but like i i followed unsure donald trump which which would replace every exclamation point with a question mark and i still saw some of the garbage he says and most of the time it's not all it is, is him saying the fake news media won't tell you that blah 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 like that's like that could go elsewhere like any any cs101 kid could create a uh, like chronological list of ra- random stuff that if he wants to post that directly on whitehouse.gov he certainly could. Nothing prevents him from getting his message out otherwise. It just means that that awfulness doesn't have to happen on twitter.com. <sighs> like, I get, like, they, like, like, you know, you're totally right in that, like, if he were not there, that doesn't solve the problem of we have someone horribly unfit for office and horribly unfit to be a human in the highest op- elected office in the land. Like, I know that doesn't solve that. But it does solve the problem that like this social network doesn't have to be necessarily a place for garbage, and that that would be one of the biggest first steps in curbing harassment of a tool that could actually be good for society you you make a fair point, I will take that as we should move on yeah <laughs> uh very very uh very 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 presidential view uh-huh <laughs> sorry very pre twenty sixteen presidential view right, yeah Ugh. <sighs> I miss Barry, yeah. but also I like, kind of uh, well. W- w- we'll make this super quick. Has he? D- w- we've talked about what the place of a pro- of a past president is, right? Mm, I don't, I don't think so. No. So, like, what? Because it's not his place to like campaign against, no. or not like, not even campaign, but like, what is his place? And- like, if the if the world's burning down, like, what what do you do? Yeah, it, it, like I've yeah. thought about this a lot, and I can't think of what he does that like is is a good option.
1: I mean, this is this is you this you trace this all the way back to 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 Washington's farewell address, where I mean, hmm. it, it,
0: oh oh Washington, Washington, yeah,
1: it, it, okay. it's the the idea that there's only one president at a time is sort of core to the executive branch, and it's. It's not to say that Obama or any other former president shouldn't do anything, but c- coming out and just always contradicting the current president is not. That's not a that's not a healthy system, no matter how awful and wrong the the current president is.
0: Which is all a long winded way of saying I'm not really sure what he should do. <laughs> Fair. Okay, and we're going to round this out, because actually I think we covered some of this, but can you explain, w- beyond paring down your Twitter list, like what you do to like kind of keep tech, uh, to not lose your mind? <laughs> Like next next up in in our in our comprehensive show outline, I think it's it, that's the simplest sentence I could write that made sense to what I'm trying to express. Well, the,
1: this is something I've talked about on the show. Uh, I find meditation to be very helpful, and I I, I expect you to laugh. But no no no, no no, I'm
0: I'm going to stop you right there because I don't think we talked about this. What I mean head
1: space me. has been a chef special a couple of times.
0: Okay, so. All right, let, so let's let's discuss this because oh shit, I've accidentally been using just press record on my watch for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um so I've that has been recommended to me quite a few times recently. Not not just uh headspace, but I mean just, I mean, just like the idea of like mindfulness and meditation, which is actually what the secret sneaky part of this topic was because I I that's actually what I want to talk about. So how how do you approach that? like how much time a day are you spending on that? Have you ever used the breathe app on the watch like what what is like in a world that's crazy like what what how explain this to me you you love
1: these multi part questions man if and if i if i was if I was Trump, I would just answer like one part of the question that I liked and ignored the others but and then you'd install the gold star <laughs> uh-huh yep, so I spend ten minutes a day. There's a, one of the really awesome features of Headspace is I think basically every pack supports us, at least every pack that I've done. And they have this new daily meditation feature where they just, they come out with just one exercise per day. That's not related to any sort of multi-part pack or anything. And you can customize the amount of time that you want to spend. I think it's anywhere from three minutes up to I don't know, 20 or 60 minutes, but I, I, I always just choose, choose 10 minutes. Um, so, so I, you know, the, the, the core, the core idea or one of the core ideas behind meditation is when you are feeling anxious or you're feeling worried or you're feeling angry, or you're, if you ever, if you're having any other type of emotion, you you're you're trying to not get caught up in the emotion and instead recognize that it's happening and sort of, you know, to use a similar phrase that I used before, I guess, with Twitter, you sort of like you take a step back and you kind of observe it. And you you try not to get caught up in it. So I think with, you know, something like Reading the news, you know, specifically reading Twitter and and seeing a bunch of upsetting and frustrating headlines, you know that's where you you bring in this idea that what you're reading is making you feel upset, but don't don't just get lost in that feeling. Just
0: see that it's happening, let it pass, and and move on. Thank you. Like that that makes sense. But like, can you? in like a sentence or two can you explain what the idea of meditation generally is like what should you be doing during that time well it's being
1: being present that's that's key so you're not thinking about the past you're not thinking about what you're doing next hour or tomorrow you're you're in the current moment and as like meditation's not about being emotionless and it's 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 not about blocking emotion in fact that's like the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing but by being present you're becoming a lot more aware of how you're feeling and when you're feeling something like anger or frustration if you're staying in the moment you can quickly recognize when that's happening and more easily let it go like i one of the an or one of the um allegories that headspace uses they use it early on and it kind of comes up occasionally throughout some of the the packs that they have is you can sort of picture your a a peaceful mind or a mind that's at ease as being a, a bright blue sky and you can picture thoughts and emotions as being clouds and just because those clouds are there doesn't mean that that blue sky is gone that blue sky is always there it's just sometimes the clouds obscure our view from that clear blue sky but our, our natural state is that sky and there's just things that kind of get in the way and so, kind of remembering that that's that's always there is, um, you know, kind of kind of what what meditation is getting after.
0: So even though I know that was you retelling something you overheard, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute that all to you and say that was super wise. <laughs> um, that's actually okay. So that's that's pretty good. But that is something that like in my limited trials with it, because I feel like and this is probably, you You can tell me if I'm approaching this wrong, it feels like, and this is not an attack on you, like that using an app seems to be, def- like, because I guess for me, one of my, like, biggest causes of, like, frustration and anxiety and that kind of stuff, it, like, it, it most of it all does lead to, like, techn- not technology, but, like, that, like, it's just, like, your phone is just a sea of negativity and, like, just push alerts of, like, awfulness. So using that like device as a tool to try to combat, like, I don't know, like I, I find that really challenging. So using an app feels like, like just not the right solution. But again, that but but it sounds like you're using it fairly successfully. So like, but like, does that make sense? And if so, how do you reconcile those ideas? Um, no, I, I think
1: you're, you're totally right. Um, I, I think in a, in a, more ideal world you would you would just you would not use the app and you would just sort of do it on your own but I don't know I think for me that would be it'd be a lot more challenging like the app the app is definitely a a crutch but it's I I find it to be a very helpful crutch and you know it you're not you're not looking at anything on the screen when you're using it I've tried to get into the habit of remembering to put my phone into Do Not Disturb before I start. That way, you're you know no other notifications or anything are are popping up during the exercise. So I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I don't really associate that app with everything else on my phone. But but I do. I do see what you're saying.
0: Okay. And have you ever played around with the Breathe app on the Apple Watch? No. No. I would, again, it sounds like you have something that's working for you, but I've tr- I I tried it on Monday, and it, it was actually f- surprisingly good. Or in terms of, like, a, a simple, no-frills, non-guided way of just, you know what, like, just take a couple minutes and try to work on some stuff, it seems like one of the better ideas that Apple had about the watch.
1: Yeah, well, I, that's, you know, I, I definitely, I mean, like lots of things, but meditation in particular very very much a personal thing. There's no no right or wrong way to do it. it. It's it's whatever it's whatever works for you. So whether that's Headspace, the Breathe app, none of the above, I mean it's it, it's all it's all just whatever you feel comfortable with.
0: Okay. And to round this out, are there any other concerted like efforts that you think you're making to kind of like maybe control your your attention and like kind of like what like affects you either psychologically or emotionally
1: well the, this type of stuff i don't think is new it this has i think been um principles of mind for a long time but when you're eating dinner with someone or even more generally when you're just sort of out with people family friends whoever not being not being on your phone is really important i think um is 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 a (laughs) a healthy healthy exercise and and kind of builds in natural breaks from getting too caught up in in your device and and on the on the internet so that that's that's a that's a key thing for me
0: okay no that sounds that sounds really wise and lastly do you do you end up using do not disturb on your watch that much
1: um no, not, not, not
0: particularly, no, so in that case, when you're trying to be uh, trying to pay attention like and be present with whatever social interaction you're having or that kind of stuff, you don't ever find like those taps will take you out of being present that much no, not, not really, Hmm. interesting okay, well that that wraps up this week's Buddhist corner. <laughs> Actually, ho- hopefully, it will be a recurring segment. Yeah, me. yeah. We all collectively as a society gotta gotta figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we only well, actually no maybe we don't. We only got nine months left of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Rocket Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you? Let's round this out. You as one of your cathartic exercises, you want to talk about video games for a little while, and I'm gonna just go get a sandwich. Um. Yeah, you, right. I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm listening intently. Yeah so actually real quick what's what's stardew village and why does everybody losing their mind over it stardew village or valley i do not know i think i think you're thinking of stardew valley yeah what's that
1: it's that's that's a video game that came out i forget which platforms it was on originally but it was a really popular rpg game uh, a year last year or the year before and it it just recently came out on the switch which is kind of why everybody's Excited about it again. Got it. Is it available on phones? It... I don't think so, no. Okay. Yeah, I don't have you ever played it? I I have not. No, I'm... I, I'm i lucky to get through a game that's a couple of hours long, let alone like tens of hours long. So, no, that's, that's not really my... Not my cup of tea anymore.
0: Oh, so did you never finish Zelda?
1: I have not even started playing Zelda.
0: But you did buy it.
1: Yes. Got it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the, again, Nintendo doesn't actually care, so you can just cross it off your list. <laughs> if they got your money, actually, they they do not feel bad. You don't have to write them a letter saying you completed it. They're they're good. Right. Okay. So what's what's your video game stuff for the week? So first, a little,
1: both of these will be kind of just quick hits here. So the, the first is the um, GeForce Now platform that NVIDIA announced, which is going to allow um max to um stream um games so this has been something like on um playstation i think it's playstation now i have so many different service names but i think that's the one where you're you're not actually running the game locally you're um you're kind of you're streaming the game from a a different platform and i think that i don't know i just i think that that's really Really interesting. Like, I I think we're, there's sort of like these two different things happening with video games where we're getting these more and more powerful consoles. We're even getting these like mid cycle updates with the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox One X, which are really focused on power. But at the same time, we're moving towards things like GeForce Now and, and, and whatever that PlayStation service is called, where it's your. It's sort of platform agnostic and sort of power agnostic, where it doesn't matter how powerful your machine is, you're just going to be able to to play those games streaming to you from you know a more powerful machine in the cloud. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I think like if I had to pick, what's the more likely route that games are going to go down? I, I think it's definitely the streaming stuff. And there's a lot of technical hurdles, obviously, that have to be overcome, but. I don't know the idea i think we're gonna get get to the point where the idea of having to like constantly upgrade your graphics card in your pc or be constantly updating to the latest and greatest console i think like that's going to seem like a really archaic idea someday
0: okay so several several follow-up questions so is this is basically like thin clients for video games yeah right okay didn't a company try this in like 2010 yeah, they did. I I'm trying to remember what, and, but like in all they did were like this wasn't like Citrix or something. Like this was like video games were all they did. Yeah, this sounds really familiar. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is yeah. This the the concept behind this is not new, but it's it's just it's been more more recent where bigger companies like Sony and Nvidia have kind of gotten behind it, because we're getting to the point where internet connections are getting faster, latency is getting better. And, well, and
0: and that's the follow up question like isn't that's probably super high bandwidth right cuz basically you're just then you need incredibly low latency like 1080p or maybe 4k video like that's isn't that like super bandwidth intensive
1: yeah i mean it is um but if you if you have the connection to support it it sounds like services like this are you know they're still not still not the same as playing it locally but They're getting closer, so I don't know. I think that's I think that's really interesting that the two of the biggest trends in the video game industry are basically complete opposites of each other.
0: That's got to be challenging because how do you even plan for that? Like, if you have like a big game launch, like you need like what a like a server farm with like fifty with like a half million available slots like for people to play. Like that seems. It seems hard to scale.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, even even today with Steam and when games um when games c- come out, it, 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 Steam's actually introduced this idea of like preloading games, where they'll let you download a game before it's technically out, but the files will just be encrypted, and then they'll they'll decrypt once the game's released. Just to ease the the bandwidth burden for when a game is
0: just to literally download a game, not to actually play it in real time.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: That's insane.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So so yeah, I mean you're you're totally right. I mean, the the technical hurdles here are significant.
0: But it's but it's but it's interesting. Maybe that's how Apple will get people to play games on a Mac.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I mean Uh, this is this is right. I mean, this is exactly
0: oh wait is this cross-platform
1: well this so this is the, the i maybe i buried the lead a little bit here but this is geforce now is um now available on beta on the mac
0: oh but you need a functioning keyboard for it to work
1: mm, um yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it again yeah sorry keep yeah you you, you got to have a computer that hasn't been out in the sun too long <laughs>
0: The sad thing is that's so insanely accurate. It's really frustrating. <laughs> okay, and then the last thing before we leave, uh, Oculus. Yeah. Uh huh. So I think is the thing that comes out before Oculus now. Right. Depends if you have cable. Depends if you have cable or not. Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Um, this, you know, I in a in a lot of ways this this was totally inevitable unexpected, and there's just there's really nothing surprising about here. I think other than just the fact that it's happening so soon and I, I think the pricing is, is pretty aggressive, but basically the idea here is that this is an Oculus Rift, except it doesn't require a PC, it's a completely standalone device, and instead of requiring said, you know, $1,000 PC, it's just a $199 device. Um, you know, I obviously, needless to say, it, it's hard to imagine that the graphic you know, graphics fidelity is going to be anywhere near the Oculus Rift, although Facebook is trying to claim that it's going to be really good. We'll, we'll have to kind of see. But I think the reason I bring this up is because for a lot of people that I've talked with, you know what's preventing them from getting into VR is sort of the initial hurdles that you have to get over you know again with the PC and with all the kind of cost and setup that's involved like do, do you think that a, a simpler more affordable device like this is going to move the needle with VR or are you still skeptical of VR as an idea no matter the setup or
0: price option 2 so because like i think it's just like i i i am very happy for the early adopters like because they're the people that we need to suffer through all the bad stuff so that it it becomes good for other people because didn't you even say that well because like and here's the thing like i've played um like very briefly and like shallowly with like the, the google daydream products and um samsung gear vr and some of the other stuff where like it uses your phone as the mechanism to deliver the vr experience and like what has been painfully obvious is just like even though we have these phones with really high density um pixel density displays like that's just like the image quality is not very good and that like takes you out of the experience really quickly and i think when you had your oculus rift for a little bit you had mentioned the same thing actually i think in that, like, the computer struggled to keep up to, or, or, like, either it was either the headset wasn't high resolution enough, or you needed, like, an insanely powerful computer to deliver like, high enough resolution and, like, frames per second for it to look good. Am I misremembering? Uh, no, no, not not at all. You're, you're exactly right. Well, I mean, so I assume that's what you lose when you go to whatever $200, like, just ARM computer, like, whatever the the boxes that this ling off of, I assume that's not going to have the same processing power as your 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 AMD Thunder Strikes or whatever it's called. <laughs> like that's probably a, a processor name and we and we both know it. Um so like I don't know. Like eventually it'll become a thing, but I th- like I don't know. Because computers haven't gotten that fast. So it's I, don't know. I still think VR is silly. I think it's gonna be kind of like Google Glass Maybe it'll have enterprise applications. I mean, I, like I'm sure it will, but I just think for reg, for normies, like and, and I'm including myself in that. Like, it's not, and it's the only time I ever get to call myself that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna be a thing for a long time. Yeah, I, I think. Like I... even even like even you, you're 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 a bleeding edge kind of uh, gamer type, and you, and you didn't you kind of you even called it like now is this too too fussy? Well, and I mean for me, I
1: just I straight up just couldn't really use it because I got. Motion sick. So, uh, yeah, that I don't think that that problem is going to be solved here.
0: Yeah. Windows 10 is kind of (laughs) hard. Zing live. Yeah. All right. Chef specials. What you got?
1: Yeah. So, I, I am, so I've had, I feel like a run of chef specials that I maybe wasn't all that excited about, but I, I could not be more excited about my pick this week. So I'm going to I'm going to send this to you in the thing so you can look at it while I'm describing it. So I have been extremely extremely disappointed with the lack of podcast support on the Apple Watch and specifically with Apple Watch Series 3 not having podcasts on the device has really basically completely eliminated the benefits I would get out of having it be a standalone device that I could use without my phone. And I've been working on all kinds of ways, hacky ways to try to get podcasts onto the watch. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about sort of the I guess official slash unofficial way to get podcasts on the watch through iTunes. And as I was looking up various solutions this week, I came across an app called Watch Player. And I don't know how I didn't see this before. I feel like the Google search I found it in, it was an exact search I had done before. But I don't think it's a new app. Uh, But somehow it it completely flew under the radar for me. But essentially what this app does is allow you to manually load podcasts onto your watch to then use without your, your phone. And... So, you know so so that the, getting the caveats out of the way here it is a not a very pretty app it, it 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 was written i believe by a german developer so some of the some of the english translations not not super intuitive um it, the 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 watch app likewise is is not super nice looking or easy to use but with that being said, it totally 100% works. You know, the, the 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 biggest gating issue which which I had before is still true. It it does still take a pretty significant amount of time to load podcasts from the phone to the watch, but this app allows you to do so without the watch being plugged into the charger, which if you do it through the official Apple Watch app, via syncing uh apple music playlists you have to have it charge charging so it's it's nice to just be able to leave it on your wrist while you're doing this um you know the other limitation of course is that whatever your progress you make on a on a podcast doesn't sync back to your phone i mean i unless i guess i haven't tried if you use watch player also as your podcast app on your phone if if that would work but i <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. Um but you know, if if you're willing to kind of manually sync your progress back to your phone after after you get back to your phone, um you know, you can kind of manually solve for that. But the the watch app, unlike the official Apple Music app on the watch, does allow you to um skip ahead and fast forward and rewind and all the kind of controls that you you know get used to with listening to a podcast on your phone i long story short i i don't i don't know how this app works i don't know how it how it gets around the background limitations of the watch and all this all the reasons that marco laid out why a podcast app wouldn't work but I've put this thing through through the paces the last few days. I've used Siri while using it. I've used the workout workout app while using it. It has been awesome and i the last couple of runs I've gone on have been without my phone and that's been been really really great and I'm like a thousand percent happier with my Apple watch series three so it's still not a perfect solution but a whole lot better than not having it at all.
0: I really respect the amount, like just how badly you want this to work. (laughs) And, And I mean that in a positive way, like, cause you're willing, cause it sounds like you're forgoing kind of a lot. Like it's, it's not synchronizing. Uh, and like, and there's, there's no way that it would. So like, that's not a fault of this app at all, but like you're forgoing, um, like unread counts and synchronizing playback location and that kind of stuff. You're willing to invest a lot of time in transferring the media files and that kind of stuff and dealing with like an inelegant app. But I think that's like a testament to like the fact that this is a use case you really, really want to work. So I think that's commendable. Yeah. And, you know, I think, yeah, that's the,
1: the, the biggest thing is that you really, you have to plan ahead because it's, <laughs> it's probably about a, for a, for a, like, upgrade sized podcast it's it's about a 15 minute process to transfer to the watch yeah so it's not it's not like one of those mm. things where you're like ready to go for a run and you just want to like quickly load up a podcast like you really do have to think about it ahead but like i said i mean a, a big benefit is being able to transfer the files to the watch without the watch being charged so at least i can like do this as i'm getting ready to leave the office for the day instead of having to, you know, wait till I come home and plug it into the charger.
0: I was thinking in my head, like what what's the worst case scenario in terms of amount of time that I would tolerate? And that's three times as long.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's oh, it's man. bad. That's the that's definitely the worst part of the process. But I mean, again, once the podcast is on the watch, it works really, really well. And
0: I I I have What happens what happens if you get interrupted? Like, like, what happens if you, so you, you you start an episode of Upgrade Fresh, and you go for a run that's 25 minutes, and then you do nothing, and in the morning, you go for another run. Does it resume? Yes. Uh-huh. It does? Yes. Okay, that's something. I, mean, I guess I haven't
1: tried it tactically overnight, but I have paused what I was listening to, and then later resumed it, and it's been fine.
0: I guess what I'm thinking is like once the watch forces it to exit out of memory, can it resume, or do you have to literally hold like the seek button for like a a minute and hope it doesn't crash?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I haven't. I guess I haven't tried it. Like, but I guess like I'm not even clear on how the audio is playing in the background at all because I I thought that that was one of the things holding back Overcast on the watch.
0: Okay, so just don't don't fly too close to the sun. I gotcha. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, I, it it it's really like when I found this, I I was like, there's just no way this can work because I just feel like this is this is overcoming like eight different things that Marco listed as being what made making podcast apps possible on the watch impossible. But uh, yeah, I I I still I still kind of can't believe it does what it does.
0: I think maybe some of his bare minimum requirements where they didn't like not take 15 minutes like i I just yeah maybe maybe and i think a lot of like maybe a lot of this is negated by the fact that like just having it work seamlessly with like an app that you mostly use on your phone and this is a secondary use case probably has its own set of requirements
1: yeah that's true but i'm super 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 happy with it and you know, the, the kind of the biggest reason I wanted the, the Series Three Apple Watch was to be able to go for rounds without having my phone strapped to my arm anymore. And I've been able to do that. And it's really wonderful. Like that slack that slack message I got from you tonight about finalizing the time of our recording. I I could reply to that right on the watch. And that's Can you? Yeah. That so when you when you sent me the, the um the the final time for tonight, and I sent you the little thumbs up back. I that was from my Apple Watch, nowhere near my phone.
0: How do you reply to a Slack message on the watch? No, I, never mind, it doesn't matter. When you when Sorry. you get the,
1: when you get the notification, you get there's there's the reply button now, just like with a text message. It's it's relatively new. Okay. Slack, and this was true on the phone too. Slack now just supported like the kind of like dynamic notifications where you're able to reply.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. uh oh, we're running long. Okay, I'll make this quick. Uh, so mine is kind of—it's not really a positive pick of the week, but will or uh, chef special. But with all like the the fires and natural disasters and stuff that we've we've had recently, uh, I've been thinking a little bit about like preparedness. And uh, one thing that most people probably don't think about is their UPS, um, if they even have one at all. So, do you have one? Uh, I've got two of them. Yes. So when was the last, how new are they? Or when was the last time you changed the batteries? I
1: I, I bought both of them when we um, moved into this place about a year ago. But okay. but prior to that, my old EPS was probably a little on the old side. So I, I, I see what you're getting at here.
0: So, yeah. So, so something I didn't really know or didn't really think about is apparently you do have to replace the batteries on those like every three years. Otherwise, they fail to work. Um, as I found out, um, I bought my, uh, cyber power UPS like in 2010 and it is now 2017. And I did unplug something thinking, Oh, you know what my, uh, like I was moving some cables around and some things and I was like, Oh, but this is fine. It's only gonna be unplugged for like three minutes. This thing is supposed to go for like an hour and a half based off the load I have. And it shut off like within 10 seconds. And I was like, Oh, this, this is, this is bad and this is dumb. So yeah, apparently you have to replace those batteries like every three, every three years. Um, so my pick is, uh, being prepared and, um, doing that kind of stuff. But also if you're looking for replacement batteries that are inexpensive for a UPS, there's a website called RefurbUPS.com. Um, easy shipping, inexpensive. Um, uh, and they have, they seem to have it for just about everything. So, um, yeah, that's my pick. And then also, uh, YouTube, uh, for instruction, uh, videos of other people who have done the process first and make a how-to video, which uh other like side pick of the week is that if you ever don't know how to do anything, just go to YouTube and somebody who has more time on their hands than you has made a a, a very nice video explaining exactly how to do it, which is way easier than reading the manual. I
1: cannot tell you the number of times I've done that. Um and I, I, I was totally gonna ask you where in the world you you like what kind of what kind of batteries, where do you get these batteries?
0: oh like but, it's
1: basically a car battery like i mean yeah like, yeah
0: so you get like this in like this is a big ups so it's got like a pair of those lead acid like not, not nicad but like some kind of weird battery um and then actually i'll, I'll give a tertiary uh, <laughs> uh chef special which is uh the home depot will do free recycling of old batteries um so so that you don't become like a bad, selfish person that was like, oh, let me just throw this in the trash, which is really, <laughs> yeah, it's, really, that's really bad. Don't, really don't, bad. don't,
1: don't do not don't, that.
0: You can take it to Home Depot. And I'm not sure they intended the recycling program to have batteries of this kind, but they totally take them. As well as um, old light bulbs. So if you ever go like on a smart light binge, uh, you can safely uh, dispose of your old light bulbs there too. All right, so it's a special trifecta. Very good.